Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. No Laughing Matter by Randy Fishel. John and I had earned a reputation as the class comedians. It seemed like the other kids were always laughing at us. Now that I think about it, this often happened even when we weren't trying to be funny. For whatever reasons, the Junior High Talent Night Committee had asked that John and I serve as hosts for their upcoming show. What a break this could turn out to be. Always happy to be in the spotlight, we quickly accepted the committee's offer. Data Entry 1 for Less Stress Consider carefully what you choose to become involved in. Plans for our big gig were quickly underway. As the official 8th grade laugh staff, our responsibility weighed heavily on our underdeveloped shoulders. John and I believed that any joke worth doing was worth doing well, so obviously the most important thing would be to dress like real comedians. Data Entry 2 for Less Stress Don't Waste Time on the Unimportant Stuff We had already been told on occasion that we looked pretty funny, but John and I knew there was something else that could give us that professional edge. Dickies. You probably don't even know what a dickie is. Fact is, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you. A dickie is a fake turtleneck sweater. In other words, it's the neck minus the turtle. You wear it underneath an open-collar, button-down shirt. Back in the 60s, it was a very groovy look. We located two of these hip clothing items in the South Bend, Indiana J.C. Penney store. Were we going to be cool or what? In fact, we were going to be so cool that we wouldn't need to spend any time rehearsing our jokes. We'd just kind of wing it, relying heavily on our coolness to carry us through. Data Entry 3 for Less Stress Do spend a lot of time on the important stuff. The big night upon us, John and I donned our dickies and blazers, then headed on stage to announce the first act. We had decided to save our best stuff, which frankly was worse than awful, for the time when the judges were out making their decisions. On and off the stage we ran, introducing the various acts. Karen Dela Cruz's 13-year-old fingers flew across the piano keyboard. Fortunately, she was able to retrieve them, as she pounded out Flight of the Bumblebee. Stanley Stevenson's natural South African accent scored big points with the judges as he pranced across the stage singing an Afrikaner folk tune. Luann Rowe played an unforgettable piano tune, the name of which escapes me. Finally, the performers finished, and the judges made their exit to tally the votes. John and I were on, but our jokes were way off. John, I said to my partner, did you hear that Mike Finster got a new trampoline for his birthday? No kidding. That's right. He's jumping up and down with excitement. But if Mike Finster was bouncing off the ceiling, the crowd was not. Come on, folks, I mentally persuaded. Let's laugh it up a little. Your funny bones can stand the strain. Randy, John came back, do you know who the laziest person in the world was? No, I innocently replied. Who? Dr. Doolittle. After a few more meager attempts, we realized the seriousness of our situation. Not even our cool clothing seemed to be working. The laugh and scream team was falling apart at the seams. Data Entry 4 for Less Stress Don't Panic Reeling from the deafening silence, we half ran off stage to seek out potential help. Does anyone back here know any good jokes? I pleaded with some of the performers. Finally, a kid told me one about the President of the United States, Fidel Castro, and the Pope riding together in an airplane. 
It sounded funny enough, so we headed back on stage hoping this zinger would save us from a case of terminal embarrassment. But somehow the punchline came out all twisted around. I dashed off stage again. Grabbing the original joke teller, I asked, What did you say the Pope said? Back on stage, I gave it a second shot. But the wording still wasn't right. This was no laughing matter. By now, the crowd was growing restless. Audience members were turning to one another for entertainment, since there was none on stage. It was kind of a do-it-yourself approach to humor. Suddenly, a man called out from the midst of the tumult, Play the piano! I recognized the voice as belonging to my father. Data Entry 5 for Less Stress Don't be too quick to reject a potential solution for a crisis at hand. My dad knew that I had a knack for tickling the ivories, but all I had stored in my musical memory banks were a few easy-to-play top 40 tunes. It seemed too much to ask the crowd to endure such fare, coming on the heels of genuine talent. So instead, we left the stage. I mean, why bother the audience when they were having such a good time on their own? I can't remember who won the talent show, but you probably think I learned never to do anything like that again, right? Well, you're right. And you're wrong. It's true that I never again wanted to do anything as poorly as I did it that evening. But I did want to serve others in the remote chance that I should ever again be asked to do something in public. And I was. Many times. How did I overcome the potentially devastating effects of that laughless evening? I chose to learn what I could do to avoid that kind of stress in the future. Things I've shared with you. Then I kissed the experience goodbye. I guess John, too, must have slain the dragon of that depressing evening. Now he's on stage every day as he teaches his medieval literature classes at the University of Arkansas. Yes, stress is here to stay, but now you know some things that can help you handle it better. Above all, take your crisis to Jesus. He's waiting to lighten your load. By the way, did you hear about the telephone operator who pretended to be a talent show host? She wasn't too successful. Her audience thought her jokes were too phony. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.